from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hey, what are y'all doing? Why are you turning stone, my God? Welcome in, everybody. It's the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Beautiful Saturday morning, nice and steamy outside. <clears throat> I think my air conditioner ran all night. I don't know. What do you have it set at? 75. Okay. Then it should run all night. But what do you have yours set out, just to be curious? Well, 89? No, she likes it about 79 in there, and I die. And so when I come home, it goes down to 75, and then to sleep, I may sneak it down another one or two degrees. I would like mine to, if I had my druthers, if I could, I would have it down to like 68. 60 degrees at night. <laughs> so, uh, welcome in, everybody. Braden Gunn, Bill George. We're the only ones here except Diego in the uh, building. We're broadcasting live here at the Beasley Empire and uh, on a beautiful Saturday morning. Of course, it's going to be some uh, showers a little bit later on this afternoon. It's going to be one of those days. Well, what time are the showers getting? Is it going to mess up my alligator hunting? It could be. Uh, you know, they're saying that it's supposed to be like uh, any other Florida day <laughs> it could pop up anywhere you know um it could be you know here in the morning and then move into the uh interior later on this evening where what lake are you planning on perusing i'm going to go to my honey hole okay is it really far inland or is it uh between here and let's say lakeland around 17 highway 17 oh okay that's not too bad no. had a young lady who uh, called me yesterday. I got her number down in the car. <clears throat> she wants to talk to the infamous Bill George. Why is that? She's got a gator problem. She has a huge gator, and he's becoming a problem. She's Listen, got a little. Uh, she's got a little yappy yappy dog, and she's afraid that he's going to disappear. Okay, let me explain to you how this story usually goes. Uh huh. I got a huge gator problem. I got a dog. The alligator's looking at my dog. This and that. Uh, how big's the gator? He's That's, a monster. He's, he's like a, nineteen he's, feet no, at no, least. No, no, no. He's big. He's big. Huge. How big is he? About seven feet. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> do you have a Hillsborough County tag? I do not have a Hillsborough <clears throat> County tag. Well, do you know somebody know, who has? Oh, yes, okay, I know right. somebody who has Hillsborough. Well, you can call her and. Uh, Feel out the situation and see if it's worthy of your your empire. Well, there's there's <laughs> people who are willing to help out. Diego, you didn't get a ticket this. You didn't get a tag this year. You he didn't, didn't apply. apply or nothing. Okay. What what was that look like? Nice, no, stupid. He's idiot. applying next year. Yes, I guarantee I, you, he's applying next year. Yes, why not? Did not do that I, tag. I think I think we're gonna put Vince on the camera, and we're gonna put Diego and Megan. In the action. Well, that would be all right. That'd be actually pretty good. Except it's going to be the only episode of Living the Water Life where the camera shakes severely the entire episode. It'll be like, it'll be like, but anyway, she said that she had uh, 
approached the county and other officials about the said alligator. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course, I think the official commentary from the law enforcement side was, well, there's not really much we can do about it until, you know. Law enforcement really can't do anything about it. The yeah. only people who can deal with it is the state nuisance program. You can't even call one of the nuisance trappers directly. You have to call into the FWC statewide nuisance program hotline in which they will then turn around and make a quick determination. Almost always, almost always, they're going to send you out a trapper. She spoke to someone, I think uh, went down the chain of command, went down through law enforcement, and they said, uh, unless he's, uh, you know, in your pool or, you know, in the back of your garage or whatever, and even then it's usually local cops that have to, you know, you know, go in there and try to lasso it or ta- tase it or whatever it is they're going to do to get it out yeah. of there. But uh, apparently the person that the last person that she spoke to said, go out and and uh, <clears throat> test and see if the alligator is uh, aggressive by going out and uh, making some noises like a baby alligator, like a baby alligator in distress. And I said, well, that's a kind of a asinine thing how's to that, say. How's that tell you whether or not it's aggressive? Well, because if it comes swimming towards, you know, there, I go, that's well, not dude. aggressive. I said, no, that's you're going to call them in there anyway. I've had them hit the side of a white Carolina skiff. I it's mean, not because they're aggressive. It's they're coming to try and eat those little babies. Exactly. Alligators. And I said, why would somebody tell her that? That sounds like something uh, that you probably shouldn't tell them. They because now. On, they saw it on Swamp People. Oh, is that what it was? I'm sure. I said, now you're basically ringing the dinner bell, and if little Fluffy's down there, yep, 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 and around, and he's going to go, all right, yeah, I see what's going on up there. I'll be back later. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, basically, you're not seeing if it's aggressive. You're actually training it to, hey, look, here's my, here's, here's Fluffy right here. He's come. delicious. Yeah. So anyway, I'll give you her number when we get out of here, and you guys can, you guys can chat. Get a game plan going well, did on. Did she say how big she thinks it is? I didn't get that report. No, that uh, saying how big it was. But I'm with you on that one. You got to remember that most people usually go a lot bigger than what it actually is. You know, a huge alligator, and he's uh, you know a five footer or the, whatever. The one, what I'm after tonight is has been a nuisance, but. This one is is a nuisance and shall not be known as, and then from henceforth will be talked about in the past tense. Is that what you're saying? Hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. Well, that's a good thing. I have no qualms about that, my friend. You know. I gotta tell you what, man. It's been it's been crazy time. Uh, a lot of folks getting all their stuff. Uh, Sent a lot of people down to uh, Jonathan's uh, place down to Arrowhead, and because they're uh, a lot of crossbowy one of people, you know, want to hit it with a crossbow, and they were looking for shafts and looking for uh, darts and all the other happy stuff that goes on with the archery stuff. So they, I sent them on down there so they could uh, keep Sean busy down there at the shop. So uh, I know there's a lot of people that are going out and um, looking at social media this past uh, week. There's been some really nice alligators taken out oh, so far this very year. Very nice, very nice. Um, you know, a really clean, healthy-looking ten footers. There was one guy who got one that I mean, dude, it looked like a, a nine-foot iguana. It was so thin. I've never seen an alligator that that thin. And he actually said that they were all looking that way in the lake. They were all very emaciated, 
not much food going on. Where? What part of the state? I don't know. It was here. I don't know. But here? Well, over there somewhere. I can't remember the name of the lake. I should have remembered the name of the lake. Hillsborough, Polk County, all the way on the other I coast? I don't know. He just said the name of the lake. He didn't give me a county or anything. So, um, the one Stick Marsh? No, no, no. For some reason, the alligators over there in that upper St. John's, they are so thick that every time we get them, you could be long and lanky, but they're they're just not meat. You know, it looked weird. I mean, it looked like, uh, you know, there's this big, you know, because their head's always going to be huge, you know, no matter how much fat they lose in their bodies but or, or whatever mass they lose. But, the, you know, these things have these big monster giant heads and then they have like these long, uh, you know, bodies, skinny bodies like a like an iguana. I mean, the, the one that he pulled up, I was like, man, dude, yeah. I mean, if that's all you can get, that's all you can get. But holy moly. I mean, it's not like the ones that. We've caught where, you know, I mean, it's a big fat tail, you know, and they're very healthy. And most of the ones I've seen on social media these days, they look extremely well fed. Well, the one, for, the one we got soon. last Saturday after the show, it was, it was, it was extremely thick. You know, that was a very nice alligator. It, it really, what? really was. I mean, uh, for a young lady, how old was she? I don't know how old she is. Uh, 12-ish, 10-ish, 11-ish, 15-ish? Let's just say she was, she was fairly young. We, was she driving? We, no, she had, uh, <laughs> well, we had three under- young ladies on the boat, uh, two moms, two dads, and myself. So it was a, it was a boatload. And <laughs> All of them in the Carolina out there trying to get her Carolina, done? Not our Carolina. They had a Carolina 24-foot. Um, nice. Very, very nice, stable boat. I mean... With that many people on, you could I, we could have safely had a lot more people on the boat, but being all cluttered, it, you know, with g- gator hunting equipment, it, it's probably good that we had it like we did. I had a couple guys I was talking to yesterday, and they were both in uh, Crocs, and I said, please tell me you're not going to be gator hunting in those. <laughs> What's wrong with Crocs? There's a lot of hooks and sharp things and things well, like that on the end. that's why you never, and, and this is something you get me... I will turn around and stop fighting an alligator. If I hear a hook hit the deck, it's done until until we get that hook. Pick it up do. there and get that, that get it on the floor. That is how you get hurt. I wouldn't want to step on one of those number 12 or 14-odd hook and uh, have that thing go through my, the bottom of my foot. That would not be pleasant. No. Anyway, hoo-hoo, we're going to take a quick break. We're the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Go see our boy Brooksy today. Get yourself a car truck. Get out there and ride in style today through the rain showers. It'll be a good time had by all. We'll be right back. Don't turn your back on the baby. Hey, welcome in, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. We are live in the studio this morning here hanging out on this uh, steamy Saturday morning. Me and Bill George, uh, Jonathan and his papa are out running around doing something today. Called Vincenzo to see if he's going to come in and hang out with us. And he's like, dude, I got a dive class in the morning and then I got to go to a wedding at one o'clock. So I'm out. So that's obviously, uh, you know, I guess he and Tony are going to go out and do a little uh, little instruction. It's getting a little instruction from his brother. So he's going to get out there and uh, try to become a, a diver. A 
extrovert. Well, before the break, you were talking about the hooks and that, and I tell people all the time. About gator hunting. That's what the, we was talking on, about, on gators hunting. And that is truly what scares me the most on a, on the boat. It's not the alligator. It's the hooks. Um, I don't know, man. The bang sticks are the ones that always get me. They don't bother me as much because every time you use that bang stick, you're at a point where it's in a more controlled environment. You get people when you're chasing an alligator and everybody's throwing hooks. I think a lot of times people forget what's behind them when they go to throw a rod. They're so focused on the alligator or something happens and they throw we got a hook up and you now somebody goes to grab a harpoon and so they just lay a rod down in the boat with the hook on it and that that truly i'm worried about them going through somebody's foot or or whatnot i had a gentleman a few years ago we actually tried helping he had a hook through his hand and bit by the alligator somehow he was doing something Oh, down man. with the alligator trying I don't mean to do to laugh, something. but that is that is like a but bad trip. He was he was going into shock. It was not going into shock so much because of the fact that he got the bid and he had this hook that he could not get off of him. And the the barb had completely gone th- all the way through him. I mean it was just all the way through the, all the other way side through the meat in between the hand there and at the time, I did not carry a pair of bolt cutters with me. Now, in my box, there's a pair of bolt cutters just for that because they, you could cut that, that whole end of the hook off and get it off. And if he could have done that and just wrapped up his hand where he didn't have to see it, he'd probably been fine. But yeah. he was going into shock, and I'm having to try and tell EMS how to get to a boat ramp because it's not like there's an address or a house number or... Or anything, it's like <laughs> <laughs> there's a lake, there's some water in it, and it's we're on the one side over here, closest to this big giant group of cypress trees we're, over here. We're in a hole in the guardrail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you just go down the road about three quarters, I mean, you look, you'll see there's like a, a little hole right there. You got to go through there, and uh, yeah, that's not a good place to have an emergency like that. So, if you're gonna go out, you really should have a plan. I mean, I try to go. Even though people may be experienced with uh, a bang stick, especially, I know hooks are a bad thing. Always look behind you before you, you know, put that rod tip back there and go whipping it around and that kind of thing. But bang sticks are always the ones that scare me because I, I inevitably see people there. They'll have a bang stick, and what's the first thing they do is they put it down on the toe of their shoe. Like they're playing pool at a bar somewhere. You know, they, they put it down there. And I'll, I, I don't, don't mean to be, chip the boat. I don't want to be a smarmy uh, guy, but I'll go, dude. You really need to get out of the habit of putting that thing on your toe. <laughs> you really need to get. A, you need to stop doing that. And they're like, what? Uh, like, if it's the other end around, and you know, you well, in the chaos of a twelve foot alligator thrashing around, and you have it in your hand, you know, it's the the explosive part is out in front of you, and. You know, if all of a sudden the gator gets a run and gets away and starts taking off again and you get frustrated and you, you're like, dang it, and you go and you set it down and you put it on uh, on your toe, it's it's pretty much it's, it's the end of the hunt and end of you walking correctly. Or uh, you're going to ruin some really nice gel coat yeah. on the top of, of the boat or aircraft powered sure. or airboat or anything. It's, it's but, you know, a big hole in there. It is in 
when you hit an alligator with the bang stick, you want it under the water. A lot yes. of people. I was out this last weekend, and there was two of us trying to give instructions on where to hit the alligator, and I finally had to sit there and say, no, don't hit it there. <laughs> and I pointed exactly where needed to hit that alligator because the other person was saying about hitting it in the skull cap. Well, all you're going to do is send a bunch of bone everywhere and you may not kill the alligator at all. Or yeah, I learned my lesson out. on that one with a 44 mag power head and it uh, knocked a big old bruise on my shin. I thought I, I thought the bullet came off and hit me and hit me that hard. I mean, it was a big old chunk of skull or one of the something. scoots or something that <laughs> came something. flying off of there. Above the water, which another lesson learned, do not do, because everybody's like going, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> Hand me that. Huh? I can't hear a word he's saying. Try doing that with a 12 gauge. Or 4570. Thank you, or George. AR-15. <laughs> I blame all my hearing issues on that. Well, I know that um, I always tell them, like, with an O-ring, I know that you have the both ca- you have both types. You carry mm-hmm. the O-ring type uh, power head, and you also have the... Uh, dual safety one, which you know I like to tr- show people with that little ring that you can screw down there where it won't it won't fire at all. I said, you know, keep that part in your hand, and when you're ready to use it, then flick it with your thumb about three times, and it'll be ready to go. It's like taking the safety off of a firearm before you shoot. Yeah. You just got to get in the habit of knowing that. And uh, uh, when I show them that, and I say, you know, with these O-ring ones like this, I mean, as soon as you pull the pin on that, it is literally like a it's a live hand grenade. It is ready to go. It is not a It's hand ready to go at any moment. You put that against something you and you hit, hit it, it hard. And, and it's, it's going. And it's going. Uh, whereas on the dual safety one, if you happen to have a brain gas exp- you know, experience and you put it down or hit something, if that ring is not all the way back, it won't go off. Correct. And that's the and dual safety. And plus there's a spring in there that keeps it away from the primer until you really give it a good whack yeah. uh, but the, the thing i like about the dual safety is a lot of times you lose your little pin on that particular model of uh bang stick it doesn't matter you just screw it down and you're you're safe and that's that piece is not going anywhere right once so. it's once it's screwed down tight you're not gonna it's not gonna go off uh, without the pin the other one the o-ring type I, I'm like, have you ever I'm used? not worried about that going up. You have to Yeah, but if a, you have somebody that's not very experienced, I always say, well, you might want to go with the dual safety kind of deal instead of going with the O-ring one. Do you uh, worry go- if you throw a handful of 44 shells in your backpack, do you worry about them going off? I have worried about those before, yes. Why? There is a primer in there. Yeah, but a primer doesn't just go off. No, but if it gets hit or struck or you know, dropped incorrectly or something slides from the back of the truck to the front of the truck and then runs it, you never know. You don't know. I do. Well, I know how hard it is to get a primer to get off. They are designed, if you don't hit that thing just perfect, she don't go off. Nowadays, yes, I would say that. I guess maybe it's old school type thinking. A primer means explosion, so you yeah, try to be kind of you know. never never carry your gun with a round in the chamber. Well, that's on the old west. Sure, why not? Keep a twenty dollar <laughs> bill in there. They will go off if you drop them bad boys. They hit that hammer. That's not a good thing. Uh, but I know there's a lot of people that are uh, hitting the water hit it last night and are going tonight, so it's going to be kind of busy out there. It, Storms are not. It is amazing. Not. I know George was talking about all of a sudden everybody started ordering packages. Of course, we shipped to 
other states quite a bit also. And, uh, you know, everybody seems to be getting all these orders all of a sudden. Gator fever. <laughs> but this is the one that I don't get. People who order something, then 20 minutes later, go back online and put in another order. Well, because they talk to their buddies. I've told you, man. I, usually, I had a guy come in. He's got, you know, he's. I, I need a bang stick right over here. Thirty-eight, got it. He's done. Then all of a sudden, his phone rings. The guy he's going hunt with, and all of a sudden, it's like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Hang on, all right. Yeah, no, they got, uh, they got six packs of hooks right here. Yeah, uh huh. Okay, I get that. Then uh, get that. What two and a half? Okay, yeah, I get a couple of. Hey, do you have uh, the pointy thing in my hoppers? You know the things you stick in there. You know the dart things. Yeah, right here, right here. Next thing you know, <laughs> once I get on the phone, he's walking out another, uh, you know, couple hundred bucks lighter because uh, you know his buddies on the phone. While you're there, get this, get these, get that. Goes out, pick up two of these and get an extra one of those. Oh, and then ask them if they have already pre-rigged uh, lungs. That's the other yeah. big thing this year. Do you have the pre-rigged lungs? I'm like, mm, we got the peg kits, but I don't have any, uh, you know, pre-rigged beef lungs here for you. Sorry, maybe we'll have to carry them next year. I don't know. Do, are you going to get into the pre? No, no. <laughs> the pre-rigged. No. pre-rigged perfectly uh, good roadkill all down the way, going to wherever you're hunting. <laughs> just, just clean off the side of the road. Uh, drive down some country roads, and if you see a dog, just take the collar off of it, put no. it on the fence post. Is that what you're saying? A uh, couple of kitty kitties? No. What? What? Possum. Part of a raccoon. You know. I don't it's, know. Well, it's like you pull over. John, why are you pulling over? Only Maybe thing there's I a dead possum back there. I'm going using, to get around. The only thing I suggest not using is turtle. Turtles. Do not As much as alligators eat turtles, don't make good bait. They don't stink enough or they oh, don't no, float very tank. good. They don't float very good. <laughs> they don't stay on the top. I think that's why people like the beef lung because it hangs out on the surface there and it's all good. Roadkill possum ought to float pretty good. Oh, yeah. Real good. But, boy, when you put that hook in it, it is going to, don't forget, it's going to go. No <laughs> hook. No hook. We'll cover that when we come back. Okay. All right. We're on the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We're going to get stanky. So I guess I could be down at the Harbor Master with a nice yeah. little. Uh, you don't have to go far. Go to Atlantis. Feeling. Go to Atlantis. A little breeze going. A little tiki hut. Little railful in the little uh, palm fronds. You know. I'm already there. I'm already there. <laughs> Thank you, Bill George. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Diego's over there looking as bored as whatever. So he's waiting on your phone call. Just call him and say hi. Just, he's over there drinking water. Just, I think it's water. Yeah. And he's just a little looks, bored, vodka. looks bored. 
Is that how you have to make it through our show? Seriously? Come on, man. Uh, 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. If you got any Gator questions or anything like that, um, you know, now would be the time to call before you get out there and go crazy. The young lady that I was speaking about earlier in the show who was looking for some advice on an alligator that's in her particular uh, body of water that butts up to the back of her uh, abode. Uh she said, I know that you guys did a couple of uh, gator seminars, so I figured you'd be the perfect person to ask. So I said, oh, I didn't do those. Bill George did those. I don't know nothing about it. I just show up in the boat with some flip-flops and shorts on and say, where do you want me to hit it? That's about <laughs> it. And I go out there and kill it. That's the way it goes. But uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the uh, beef lung and uh, pegging is getting to be extremely uh, popular, it seems like, this year. I think it's uh, a lot of people have caught on to that method of uh, going out and uh, throwing some bait out there, which um, there are some strict regulations when it comes to that kind of thing. And I made the horrible mistake of mentioning the word hook Yes, when it came to uh, beef we- lung, which is not allowed by you, me, and the fence posts unless you are a... Nuisance trapper or hunting private under private lands tags. It doesn't matter if you're on private land if you have what's called the public water tags that you get through the state lottery system, you cannot have any bait and hook together. So if I get uh, a Hillsborough County tag and Uncle Earl calls me and says, there's this big old gator in my uh, cattle pond, come out here and get him, and I stick a big old 12-odd hook in there and a piece of beef lung and whip it out there, I'm in big trouble. Unless I have the said permits. I can't Correct. do that you under... You can't do that under the public water permit. I can't do that, yeah. And it just doesn't matter if he owns the land and everything else. It's not legal. While you probably aren't going to get caught, it's still not legal. Right. Well, you know, you're going to, unless uh, you're pretty good at covering your tracks, you have, chances are you're going to probably get caught. It's got to go to a processor and all that other stuff. If you're going to do it that way, uh, you know, you could get in some trouble. Don't your sidey tags still have to be on everything in if yeah, you don't process it and tag, all that stuff? Your sidey's tag, if you you know, once you harvest the alligator, you gotta put that sidey's tag in it. Yeah. So Yeah. So now uh you were gonna give me some other things because you said you're not getting into the pre rigged uh, beef lung industry. No, they're, they're, that's just stinky. <laughs> that's I'm, it, that's your only reason. Stinky. Well there's it ain't people. worth the money, man. It isn't. It isn't. It really isn't. I know people who turn around um, the guys from Illinois, one of the things they do for one of the other people here in Florida is since they're in the cattle area, they get all the beef lungs up north. They take and cut the beef lungs, clean them up, package them. They have a chest freezer. Each year they buy a chest freezer, and as they're processing the lungs, they're packing them in the chest freezer. The whole chest freezer freezes solid, and then when they come down here, they bring the chest freezer down for whoever it is and sell it to sell it to them. It's crazy. Well, smart man. Smart get her it done. Pay, it pay pays for, for your alligator hunt. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Why not? So get her done. But, but then uh, it's not stinky enough. Don't you like people the people who order that stuff via the mail and then the postman what? hates you and oh my gosh. You can yeah. get it via your uh, postal service? Yes. Yes. Who in the world do you call and order beef lung from and have it oh, delivered no, to your house? One of these people house? who sell alligator hunting equipment will will turn around and do that. Really? Yes. Okay. And it's just not worth it. I don't care how many Ziploc bags you put it in. 
it, it's going through the mail. Somebody's going to squish it, pop it, do something. Yeah, thaw it. Then whatever. you get the little the message the saying your package was discarded because it was leaking unfit blood, for, unfit for delivery. <laughs> you know, yeah, we don't know if it's like a biohazard or what. What's in here, Mister Smith? Uh, beef lung. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever. You ain't getting it. Well, I know that it's gotten extremely popular these days. I don't know why. I guess it's just word well, of mouth because it, I don't. It, it's not shown on television. It is one of the easiest ways for people who are getting started to go out there and successfully harvest large alligators. It really is. And right now, if you're going to do it, and you, and that's the method you want to do. You want to do it earlier in the season versus later in the season. And the reason being, as the water, as everything starts getting cooler, the alligators don't eat as much as they do right now when it's hot out. Their bodies they use the heat to to be able to digest the food. Mm-hmm. And once it gets colder, they just don't they don't eat as much. Metabolism slows yeah. down. Yeah, I everything kind of. That's what happens to me every year too. Yeah, no. it's a little cooler. I start packing on the pounds. <laughs> I got you. That's so that you know when it gets freezing you're you're well insulated <laughs> that's right I'm, I'm ready to go <laughs> this is my offshore rig <laughs> i'm the guy floating out there waiting for the coast guard i think i've seen you in flip-flops in like 40 degree weather well it's like it'll be warmer soon it'll, it, the sun's out ain't it it'll warm up and it'll be all good it'll be fine well i know that there's going to be a lot of people out there so uh if you live on a lake or you live somewhere uh, close to a body of water, don't be freaking out when you see uh, weird headlights and things going off in the middle of the uh, evening. Although with the hours changed, I know a lot of guys are trying to get out as early as possible and um, do some a lot of spotting and stuff in the well, well. You still have light, checking banks and all that kind of stuff, um, especially on um, overcast days where we do have a lot of rain that water temperature cools down and those skaters like to get out and get on the side of the bank and warm up a little bit you yep. know you know you know get ready for the night and uh, then they'll be a little more active in the evening sometimes on a rainy rainy day they they try to stay as much as they can in that warm water and then as soon as the sun comes out they're they're up on their yep. backs uh, sunning out there trying to catch last, up on the generators last weekend we had it was we had all great intentions. Four o'clock, we were at the boat ramp, ready to go, and uh, two of us, two of the cars of the party were there at four o'clock. Not a person there. Boat ramp wide open. Oh, this is going to be great. Well, said person bringing the boat has a radiator hose blowout not far from the boat ramp. So now. The whole thing goes from launching at four o'clock, watch alligators, pick one out, let's go go pick one out to go get to I'm sitting there, they go to help him out, get get the truck back up on the road, which which was very good. They were able to safely get that done, put the truck back up on the road, got it, got it going. But by the time they got there, four other boats had come and launched and that boat ramp over on Lake Hancock was just absolutely plumb full. <laughs> full. So we managed we managed to get in and we had parked one car in such a way that we could get the truck and a trailer in, you know. We had to pick the and trailer. And get it out. And well we had to pick the trailer up after they parked the car and, and move it to the side just to get it out of the way. But we 
we got it done. But when what time there, did you hit the water? Like six o'clock. Well, that's not too bad. A no. couple hours delay. Couple it's still light. Delay. It's still light. It's still light. But you know what happened right there at six o'clock? <laughs> what? That's when the rain came. Oh yeah. And so sure, we yeah, got out there wash. and watched a wall of rain come and hit us, and it got windy. It had been calm. It got windy. And uh, yeah, but that's good for you because that means the other boats that were out there they got rained on too, so they had to wait. There they had to back off. That, yeah, there's some people that backed out, but um, we managed. We we started taking a little tool around. I saw some some couple good bubble trails, but never saw an alligator in the conditions. Then we decided to go where it was a little bit calmer, and maybe the cypress trees would break some of the the driving rain. I mean, because it was pouring down rain. So did you go on the east side? We went to the east side, and he used to meet me on the east side, Diego. We we turned around, we turned around and waited a little bit when we decided, hey, we'll just come back in the morning. What? It, they were looking at the radar. It was one great big red blob, and we turned around and it's like, we'll come back. You had a lot of kids on the boat and everything else, yeah, and they no get miserable sense. pretty quick. There's no sense in being wet, miserable. And no real window of opportunity, according to the radar. And so we started to ease back towards the boat ramp. And as we started back, the rain let up. So it's oh. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like you say. Yeah. And so we turned around. I said, I said, go pull over by those two cypress trees over there. And they turned around and like, okay. I was like, we're good right here. We're good. So I turned around. Turned on that little call. After a few minutes, they said, hey, there's bubbles back there. And I looked, and there was a good bubble trail going off. We turned around, eased on over there, and I got a hook on it. So it had He went, never showed up? I mean, he never, never surfaced? never once. I never physically saw an alligator. Really? I know we got to go to break here. I'll, I'll finish this up. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah, I'll give you. That's a teaser. Yeah. Never saw an alligator. Got him hooked. Yeah, could have been a stump. We're going to take a fast one, you guys. The story continues after this quick break. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Where you going with that gun in your hand? for action hot fun and games we are the big and wild outdoors here in the studio Braden gun bill george uh, we're talking a little bit gator hunting this first hour because so many people are going to be doing oh, it oh and i'm going to be doing it this afternoon i'm hoping it's uh we get a little bit of decent weather i don't need a lot i just need a little bit um but uh like i was saying uh before the break took that young girl out alligator hunting some of jonathan's friends and uh we turned around, saw that alligator, saw the bubbles. The alligator never showed, never came up to the surface. It started going off, and as it 
went off, it went and lodged lodged itself up in a down tree that's that's uh, there along the edge. And I'm that's like, a okay. popular move on Lake Hancock, yeah, by the so way. So it's like, okay, you gave me a marker. Okay, you give me a marker, something. Uh, go stop by a weed, a hyacinth, something. So I told told the guy to drive on over there, turn off the engine, and just when you think you can coast in there. Just let's coast into there because I don't want to disturb that alligator. He's done settled down. So we turn around. And, of course, his his coasting ability is not as – he didn't get right where I needed him to be. So we push-pulled the boat in there, and I got close enough. It's like, okay, I went to pitch the hook. And, like I said, he's he's wedged up in this, this treetop, and I immediately – feel something go to put put the hook to it i said oh i'm i'm hung you know then all of a sudden hung started to swim out towards the middle of the lake the tree started moving <laughs> the tree started to swim and so it's like been uh-oh. there done that uh-oh yeah. uh-oh so so we turned around and it went out a little bit and we it settled back down we were able to get another rod on it got two people on it then the thing went out got agitated, went out, swam through some cypress trees and out into another area, and we had to get the boat and go out there and work our way through it, get get out there, and uh, it ended up knocking one of the hooks off. We kept a hook on, re, resituated everything, got another hook on it, got up, got a spear gun into it, which is a lot easier for some people to get a, har- a dart into it. Yeah. But then we worked to uh, put the harpoon in, and that took a couple attempts, but finally finally we got another harpoon into it. So we were able to then commence and dispatch it with the bang stick. That sounds like a lot of work for a nine-and-a-half-footer, man. It, 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 was, it was a bit of work. I like the ones that actually uh, you got kind of lucky. I know that uh, the time that Glenn and I went out and, and got Hancock – we had one in particular that was about a nine, ten footer that um, decided to go like over a log, then under a log, then through some branches, then around a tree and all that. And I mean, dude, trying to move that airboat around all that stuff, man, it was, and keep your rod tip, you know, up and keep the line tight sure. and, and move all around and keep it up there, keep try to keep that hook in it. And well, uh, finally got it to where the thing said, well, this. This weed stuff ain't working, so he tried to, I guess, head for deeper water out in the middle, and I was like, oh, there you go. Big mistake. It's on Big now. mistake. Yeah, we're done now, buddy. We we, got, got we've you. had them do that, and a lot of people, okay, you go underneath the log. Well, you can't get in the water and go underneath the log that he went under. A lot of people turn around and don't realize if that alligator settled down, I have turned around and grabbed the line, got a gaff, pulled the line up on the other side of the log, kept tension on it, held it, cut the line, come back and put a knot reattaching the line together and then commence on my way. Yeah, you got a piece of spaghetti mess that you got to untangle at the end, but it's a difference between getting a gator sometimes and not getting a gator. If if he's he's worth that much work. You no, know? Are you using braid when you do that or yes. are you using mono? Yes, oh, okay. braid. That's, that can be a dangerous thing, getting that line in your hands. Ask yeah. Glenn. Well, I don't wrap it around my hands. I, he I, didn't mean to do that either. But I mean, you know, sometimes those things loopy loopy and they get in there and it's a bad thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, if I any give you any suggestion, never ever wrap braid around your hand if there's an alligator I wrap tattoo. Any fishing line around my hand. Yeah, that would be a bad idea. Well, I mean, mono. Chances are, if you pull it, it's going to stretch the and rope break. Around my hand. If it's braid, it just turns into a, a flexible razor blade. It is. Uh, it is bad. And the bigger it is, the worse it seems it is. The bigger the grit on there. If you got some of those. Braids that are really kind of abrasively feeling in your fingers. It's like a saw blade, man. That stuff will go right through your... <laughs> it's quite a face. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't even want to think about it. You know, oh, I've thought pop about off it. A I've finger. seen it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a good thing. But uh, Be safe. Go out there and just uh, you know make sure you follow the rules and uh, know where the end of that bang stick is and where all your hooks are and all that stuff and just be as safe as you can be. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I don't know if it ever makes the local news when you have injuries like that. I don't recall ever seeing anything like that, but uh, well, we I'm sure. The, we had the people last a, w- a little over a week ago who who had their arm dislodged, alligator hunting, I guess somehow managed to have their arm down with a live alligator. Um, but that was a tra- – is that the guy that was the trapper? That I don't apparently know. got bit? He, he – they were doing something over in Lake Jessup. Right. So the way I got, I got the story was it was an alligator hunter, but who can you what can you believe in the news, you know? It sounded good. Well, was, if you're out there getting alligators, I guess they're all technically hunters. So yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a trapper or so. not. But uh, you know, I got to ask you this because uh, before we get out of here uh, <clears throat> at the end of the first hour, I got to ask you cuz I get asked this a lot. You have three different type of dart tips. You have the round ones, you have like the muzzy cutting one, and then you have the muzzy cutting one with barbs. And AKA the toggle dart. Right. The hybrid. Yes. And the double trouble. Okay. Double trouble is the round uh double trouble is the looking. one that has the toggle dart and barbs. Okay. It has double the options. Okay, the round one. The, Pencil tip. I, I get yeah. I get asked why there are different ones and are there different uses for each one of those different tips. They they all have a little bit different different stuff. The the pencil tip one is all stainless. Okay, so there's nothing ever to rust on there. It will it is 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 great. You can leave it in a wet bucket of rope. It's gonna just turn around and always be that way. The hybrid one we took and put the muzzy hardened steel tip on and that tip will stay very sharp very long it will get rusty because it's not a stainless steel but it is extremely hard and durable and will actually help cut the hide a little bit as you start to go in okay so you were say you would say that uh, the pencil dart one would be much better on a softer area of the alligator like I, around the neck if or you have a chance to hit them in the neck i always hit them in the neck but um, there's things I like about the pencil tip because it really doesn't ever cut. And so when you poke that hole into it, it kind of like stretches the skin out. And when you turn around and that dart goes in, the very first thing that skin does is tighten back up around it. So to keep it on the other side, as opposed to cutting, even if it's only a quarter inch, you've cut that hide, which makes it not as tight. You get that dart in there and you want it to back, turn sideways. Mm-hmm. Both those darts are designed to hold when they turn sideways. Now, I was asked also if you have the barbs on there, 
it takes a little more effort in there, so you should not try to hit him in the back or I back of the right head. I hit him right through the back. I hit him. I don't anywhere but the head. I tell people, I don't care where you hit him, just don't hit him in the head. Okay. Anywhere else, you can put it through the web of a toe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The double trouble dart we have had hold in the nostril of an alligator, through an eyelid of an alligator, because the barbs go in. And we've had them a lot of times that that will go in in between some scoots and not even get hit a backbone, not even get deep enough to for the dark to cover to go the barb. All the way in. Right. But the barb, one of those barbs is enough to hold it on. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to fight a Mack truck, 12 foot alligator running all out on those little barbs. But it's the difference between getting an alligator sometimes and not getting them. On a weak hit. But how do you make that decision, split-second decision, when you got an alligator on the end of the line? Do you, I mean, you could change it out and say, hang on a second, now the I, way he's coming, uh, give me give me the pencil dart. Usually oh. what I do is my first dart, I put a double trouble on because I'm used to people hitting them everywhere that they're not supposed to. And that gives me my best chance of holding on a weak hit or a miss hit. Where... Then any other dart I have for backup could be any of the darts that I've used over the years. We, I will put and harvest an alligator with any one of those darts. It's it's they're all going to work, okay? But some just give you a little extra edge sometimes, and that's that's that double trouble. Now, when you a guy asked me yesterday, he said if I take this pencil dart and I grind it more like a chisel tip. You think that would affect it in any way? I said, as long as the body is round on it, I guess you'll be okay. Yeah. If you want to give it a little more of a, a chisel uh, profile so that it goes through a lot easier, then sure, do what you got to do. It's your dart, man. Once yeah. you get it, you can do whatever yeah. you want to to it. Yeah, we, we turn around. They don't have to be super. You're punching a hole in something. Right. Okay? It, it, it's not. You're, punch, you're going to literally turn around. You could put that thing through a concrete block. It's not cutting it. You're punching a hole in the block. And the nice thing about that dart, like I said, is... It closes. You, it, that skin just gets stretched and not cut. And so it turns around and has a real tendency to suck up tight really? on that dart. Yeah, you would think it'd be the other way around, but with the muzzy, it makes a lot of sense. It's actually cutting through, and you're actually making uh, almost like a crucifix a when, tear. You, when you yeah. cut in there. And yeah. so... In a way, it actually gives it a better chance of pulling out. I guess if you well, uh, if it, get it if it there. doesn't get deep enough to make it a good cut and turn, yeah. Well, I know you're going out this evening, so uh, good luck on you uh, tonight. Is it just you and G or no? No, it, it's a buddy of mine. His father-in-law has uh, some Polk County tags, and we're going to go get those knocked out. So maybe you're. I like your see confidence. It's pretty good chance. So you're gonna go home after the show, take a quick nap, meet him out the boat no, ramp, four o'clock, and then gotta go get boats running. I, I have had a boat nightmare. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit in the eight o'clock hour. Just trying to get our engine on the small boat running. It's just nightmare, nightmare. Oh, that, oh that's why you texted me nightmare. yesterday. That's why you texted yes, me. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's why I was looking for an engine. So. Yeah, well. Coming up soon, a used engine. What is it, uh, Evanry? What do you got there? Evanry. Oh, there you e go. Maybe a used E-Tech. Uh, no, I'm sure I can get somebody who wants it as an anchor. There you go. Reusable. That's recycling, right? Yeah. There you go.
Drain the lower gear grease out of it and you'll be fine. All right, taking a break. It's the end of the first hour. Hour number two is coming right up. A little bit later on, we're also going to be talking about dove season. Dude, it's almost here. And ducks. I can't believe it. It's already here. Coming up anyway. We'll talk more about it. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Forrest. Stay right there.